0: Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast by Penn State fans for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince.
1: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here. Andrew here alongside my co-host and wingman, Vince. And Vince, it is Michigan week. It's a top 10 matchup between two really good teams. Penn State has another golden opportunity to get a signature win for its season, possibly change the course of its season and give itself a fighting chance to get into the Big Ten Championship and into the college football playoff
0: uh, we've got a full preview here, but how are you feeling heading into this week? I'm feeling okay. Uh, if you were to ask me two weeks ago, heading into this game, I'd say not a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, if you were to talk to me to me today, I would say, hey, there's a chance. The defense is playing at a really high level. Uh, Drew had his best game of the season last week on the road at Maryland in a you know tough road environment. So it w- it was nice to see him put a game together. They got things going a little bit in the running game. Uh, I really liked the play calling. They had a lot of two tight end sets. They had a lot of two running back sets. Dante Cephas stepped up as a number two wide receiver and showed himself to be capable of doing that, which is awesome. So I think there's a lot of good things to see. Penn State definitely does seem to be hitting their stride at the right time. And uh, the same thing happened at the end of the season last year. Except, you know, the last opponents were, you know, Maryland and Rutgers and Michigan State, uh, lesser opponents. So the fact that we're getting Michigan when we're hitting our our stride definitely is an indicator that me that without how things are going, if Penn State is able to execute and play mistake free football, uh, they have a chance to pull off the upset.
1: Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. This is going to be a very physical game. Both of these teams have very good defenses. I mean, Michigan's defense, I think, I don't know if the stat holds true anymore, but for a while they had scored more touchdowns defensively than they had allowed As like an actual scoring defense, which is just insanity, regardless of who you're playing, because Michigan admittedly has not played as tough of a schedule uh, up to this point as Penn State has, Um, you know, they're playing the teams that are in front of them. They're decimating them, sign stealing or not. So this is going to be a tough game. No matter how you slice it, there's talent all over the field for Michigan. Um, And, you know, even on the offensive side of the ball, you have, you know, returning Heisman finalist Blake Corum out at running back. J.J. McCarthy is now an experienced and having been there type of quarterback for Michigan um, just exudes confidence. You know, he had, you know, somewhat of a bulletin uh, material quote. A little bit ago where he said that he actually likes going on road games because he likes to like silence the crowd by uh by halftime so that was kind of making its round on the uh the facebook universe of penn state fandom so uh fans are kind of using that to get like kind of amped up juiced up and stuff like that but what do you think the impact or the potential impact of the crowd can have on a game like this um also throwing in the fact that this is a noon game i think it's going to
0: be tough because you know people just aren't as excited for a noon game as a big time night game. Like people want to be out tailgating all day and then go to the game. Uh, it's something to look forward to. So uh, I think it's going to be tough. I, I think it can be a really loud environment and we can make it difficult for Michigan. Are we going to be forcing a false start on the, the first play of the game? Probably not. I'm not going to you know, go that far or say that Michigan has to call a timeout, but you know, we have to take accountability as Penn state fans. If you're buying a ticket, you got to be there. And you got to be, you know, yelling your mouth off. Like it's, that's the type of effort and intensity that we need from the crowd, especially in a game that is expected to be a, a defensive, uh, slugfest for sure. And, uh, speaking of defense, you know,
1: I, I think you're spot on with that. Like, uh, there just needs to be a different energy for this being a noon game. Um, You know, I I think last year during the Ohio State game, there was some decent energy for it being a noon game. Uh, Need that plus, you know, amped up maybe like two more notches and stuff like that. And then we're starting to get into the territory of the energy that we need because, uh, I mean, Maryland's good. Like there's just no other way to like slice it up. Like Maryland is very, very good. Um, they retained their number three ranking in the college football playoff uh, as of tonight with the unveiling of the new rankings. Penn State moved up into uh, the top 10 slot or into the 10 slots. So this is a top 10 matchup. Uh, so plenty of storylines to go around with this one. But on the defensive side of things, um, Franklin during his weekly press conference, which has moved from Tuesday to, to Monday now, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice for us because we get you know more of that information quicker. Uh, Franklin did say that he's hopeful to get uh, chopped back for this game alongside uh, I mean Vanover. What kind of impact do you think that can have? Like getting a guy back of chops caliber, even you know, with the defense having played as well as it did against Maryland. I mean, they're going to be getting back
0: kind of their leader in a way. What kind of impact do you think his return could have? I think it would just have a huge impact for the Nittany Line defense, just because Michigan is a team that wears you down over time and they just break your will. Uh, and when you're a defensive player. If you're able to rotate, the more guys you can put in there that can execute at a high level with uh, you know, little little to no drop off, the better off the team is going to be in the long run throughout the course of the game. If you look at Penn State's matchup last year, uh, first half, pretty good. Second half that they got slaughtered, Michigan took them to the woodshed. And um, if you you know, look at coach, he challenged the defensive line to pretty much you know, get bigger, be more physical. And they did that in the off season throughout the uh, strength and conditioning program. And early in the season, we might've said, "Well, like they still look kind of small. They're, they're doing good in the pass rush, but giving up, you know, some of these five, six yard runs. Uh, However, they've, they've stacked up a few nice games. Uh, you have the Iowa one where they just stopped the run against a good running offense, you had Maryland, who they just held to negative 49 rushing yards, which is like the second worst in team history. So it's it just goes to show that this team is peaking at the right time. They had 18 tackles for loss against Maryland. Uh, they forced four turnovers, which is what this team has done best all year. So I, I think the, the turnover battle is going to be really critical, and the ability to rotate those defensive linemen is going to be a big key in the matchup to prevent Michigan from wearing you down.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the defensive line is going to be, I mean, for lack of a better word, a linchpin uh, for this entire game for Penn state, because it's no secret like what Michigan is going to try to do offensively. Like they're going to try to be physical. They're going to try to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football and just wear you down. So with that being said, you know, one thing that they started to throw in, especially during the Iowa game, as you mentioned, Uh, was that three end set because they were throwing in chop uh, Disa and deny Dennis Sutton into um, into the line to just basically go get the quarterback. Would you like to see that in this game or would you prefer more of the traditional front four considering that Michigan's probably going to try to run the ball healthy amount, especially early to kind of set the tone for the game? Would you prefer prefer more of like the traditional look just to, you know, try and minimize the run?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you don't want Michigan running the ball on you. Uh, as a matter of fact, you're probably going to lean on the secondary a little bit more in this matchup. You're going to want probably that extra guy in the box at times, uh, to really take away what they do best. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want Michigan to be in third and short. You want to be in a situation where you're forcing them to throw the ball. Um, they run the ball, that's their number one go-to on their offense. If they can choose to do anything, that that's what they do. If they don't have to throw it, they don't. So take away their favorite thing and t- try to meet, make them beat you in a different way. The uh, corners, the secondary has been touted as a strength of the team. And this is a game where that's what you got to do because we're going to need that extra guy in the box. Now, if Penn State is able to get some tackles for loss or maybe the crowd is forcing some false starts and we have that kind of energy uh, that's going to put them in more obvious passing situations and which I would like to see them put in that little uh, NASCAR package with the three tight ends. That way you're applying more pass rush to the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what would you say? defensively like would be the key? Like, is it as simple as like stopping the run, making them one dimensional and forcing JJ McCarthy to beat you with his arm? Or is there like a little bit more in there that you'd like to see just maybe as far as creative like blitz packages and stuff like that at opportune times? Like, or is this really just a case of like trying to be more physical than the other team? Like is it really that simple?
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a big boy matchup. You gotta, you know, uh, pull up your bootstraps and, and go to work. And this is going to be a really physical game. And I, I think that, you know, stopping the run, that's what you gotta do first. Uh, number one thing. Number two, you got to keep JJ McCarthy inside of the pocket. Uh he's a dual threat quarterback. He can run. Uh he'll he'll get first down with his legs. That's a, a big threat. So uh they do need to be cautious if they're going they're they're selling all out to stop the run. They do need to make sure that he does not Uh, Get into the open field because he is a very talented runner. But at the same time, he's he's been completing 76 percent of his passes. Yeah. So, you know, he's definitely in that contention for a a Heisman finalist type deal. So really, really good player in J.D. JD McCarthy. Uh, But if I'm going to choose a way to lose. I'd rather lose with, you know, the deep ball beating us over the top. Uh, I, I know uh, Roman Wilson, he's their big deep threat guy, but we have really good secondary. We got Kalen King. I'd like to see Kalen King travel with him. Uh, and, and you might have to put him on an island in this one and have good against good. And hopefully he's able to win more of the matchups than he loses. So that's what I'm looking for Penn State to do. Uh, you know, let your best player make some plays and heavily rely on him. So that's one thing I'm looking for, uh, and then uh, we need to stop the run and the quarterback run as well. So you can't be too overly aggressive. And then uh, another thing you got to watch out for—they got a couple pretty good tight ends, including uh, Colton Loveland and, and Garner. Uh, they're both, you know, very capable. So it's kind of one of those things you have to pick a way to stop Michigan, and and my way is I'd rather get beat over the top than just have Michigan run the ball down our throat. So that's the way I would like to lose to that team uh, if if I had to. Uh, What about you? How do you think the defense should match up against this Michigan offense? Yeah, so I'm in the same boat as you with a lot of what you just
1: said. I think that stopping the run is going to be paramount for this team's success in this game. You just can't let Michigan chew off minutes of time off the clock with these long drawn out drives and expect Penn state to make up that difference in points with, you know, quick scoring drives like Penn state offensively is not built to do that. And so they need to, you know, kind of match like fire with fire a little bit with Michigan in that regard. Um, I'm also, you know, very, very wary of uh, JJ McCarthy's um, you know, ability to run, I'm you know I don't know what the proper mix or balance is of this but I think it might be prudent to have a spy on him at times like maybe throw in um, like a really smart guy like Dominic DeLuca kind of out there just kind of keeping his eye on JJ just basically make sure that he's not going to be the one to get that back breaking like third and 12 uh pickup with his legs and just you know trying to like keep things um, within like Penn State defense's sphere of influence. Um, I think that, you know, you're absolutely right in that, like, you know, Johnny Dixon and Kalen King and, uh, you know, also Daquan Hardy, like they're going to be asked to win a lot of these one on one matchups. Like we just can't like spare that many guys like for double coverage and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously we're going to, we're going to have like safety help over the top and stuff like that. But Michigan is just so dynamic in like how many playmakers they have and different ways that they can score and attack you that uh, you know, you really just got to pick your poison and then um, execute where you have those one-on-one matchups uh, anyway. And um, I, I would say that outside of, or, you know, coming off of the game against Maryland my I don't want to say like my concern level, but, you know, my attention is a little more peaked on the secondary and the cornerbacks, Um, you know, their ability to bounce back in this game, uh, considering that they didn't have like their best game against Maryland. Just, you know, when you look at just the box score and the way that the game started with uh, Tagovailoa completing a slew of passes in a row. So I think this is, um you know, this is a good opportunity for them to kind of show that they're still one of the premier units uh, in college football. Uh, with the cornerbacks and so you know I like like you just said too it's like if you're gonna lose like make it be JJ making you know really good passes with his arm because you know as the old saying goes throughout football there's, there's no defense for like for the perfect pass and stuff like that so if jj is going to be making the perfect pass time and time again it's like you can only control so much uh as as a defense so you know there's that but then like on the offensive side of the ball um i don't think it's really any like any secret like they just need to execute they need to have succession like successful drives like not necessarily in this in the case that they need to like score touchdowns every time but they need to get first downs they need to be moving the chains they need to be taking time off the clock, keeping J.J. McCarthy off of the field, and also just getting their... Penn state's offense into a rhythm. Like that's been a huge struggle for Penn state at times. Um, seems like they took a huge step forward in the game against Maryland. So they need to get the running game going. I'd love to see them get the tight ends more involved, just moving the sticks, getting taking exactly what the defense is going to give them. And then as things start to kind of loosen up and, you know, Drew is feeling a little bit more comfortable, start taking those deep shots. Maybe we see that, uh, that trick play coming out with, uh, Keandre doing that double pass. Like we talked about in our last pod, you know, the, The sky's the limit. Like once you kind of uh, get the initial phases of the game going. Um, So, you know, I just think that it's not, it's not an easy assignment, but it is a simple assignment for the offense. You just have to execute. But uh, what are your thoughts? Offense, like, are you looking for them to do anything specific or more of like their balanced approach that they've been really harping on for this entire season?
0: Yeah, I'll circle back to one more thing on the defense and then I'll answer your question. Uh, defensively, I would also like to see them really trying to f- force fumbles. So that first guy that's trying to tackle Blake Corum, I want that second guy to be in there attacking the ball and trying to force it loose. Uh, th- this team, they have been the most successful when they are able to force turnovers. And, you know, if you that's what happened against Maryland, uh, th- they gave up a lot of yards, but they were forcing turnovers. That meant no points are going up on the board. So I think that's a, a big key. To the game for me is is forcing turnovers. That's gonna, going to be really tough. Uh, you know, uh, you have Michigan, who is number two in the Big Ten in the turnover battle and number six in the country. So this is a team just like us. They they don't turn the ball over. So um, that's my first thing for the defense. Offensively, I want us to you know try to match their phys- level of physicality. Uh, I I want to see a lot of two tight end sets. I wouldn't even mind three tight end sets. Give me some Khalil Dinkins. Whenever he's on there, he's always making a big catch when he, he is given the opportunity. And and if he's not uh, making the catch, he's pulling uh running backs into the end zone. He just he, good things happen. Exactly. Good things happen when Dinkins is out on the field. So uh big fan of him. Also, we, we saw Keandre Lambert Smith get a little like dinged up in the Maryland game. So, you know, having him and, and Dante Cephas, I think those are your two main go-to guys. Uh, maybe Trey Wallace is healthy and they activate him for this game. That could be another key and some speed and, and beating Michigan over the top. So I think that could be a potential matchup. I'd also like to see a lot of two running back sets. Uh, you have, you know, Nick and Katron that there's been some arguments and rightfully so that Katron should be getting a larger bulk of the carries, but I'm one of those people who, you know, believes in the philosophy of having your best players on the field. So I think, you know, having two of those guys and, you know, maybe having Nick in the slot or, you know, the wing T, that is my favorite formation, please. They they, they need to run at least like five wing T plays this game. They need to do that line lunge uh, quarterback sneak play that they do. It works. Uh, it cannot be like Ohio state where they're afraid to run it. They they pretty much just have to toughen up and say, "Hey, we're going to be more physical than you, Michigan. This is our house. Uh, you, you're not beating us here."
1: Yeah, and I think you you made a good point, like where it's like you know run the plays that work. Like so, not only is it just a level of needing the players to execute during the game, we need the play calling to match. You know, there needs to be like what looks to be like from our fan eyes, smart decision making using what is working like going with the hot hand and just building that rhythm, you know, that Penn state has, uh, not been able to achieve, um, you know, at several times throughout this season. Um, like if, you know, we, we keep going back to it, but it's like Maryland right now is the shining example of what this team can do offensively, like when things are clicking. So if they're able to get to like 75 or 80%, of the effectiveness or the efficiency that they had during that game, like that could spell really good things because in their last game against a top five opponent, it was completely on the defense. So in this game, if the defense shows up in the same way that it did against Ohio state and the offense, like at least somewhat joins the party, that that's an exciting prospect.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think it's going to be a tough ask. You have Michigan who's, uh their defense is number 1 in the country, they're number 3 against the run, number 1 against the pass. Uh this this is a defense that doesn't have any weaknesses. Uh you know, coach Franklin was pretty much listing off Michigan's ranking in all categories across, across offense, defense, and special teams. Uh pretty much every starter, he he said was a a guy that they were like keeping an eye for on the scouting report. So this is a defense that has a lot of playmakers and it is not going to be easy to put up points against these guys. Now I do think yeah. they will need to uh, do a couple of those trick plays. I think that the timing needs to be right and they need to be careful with how they call them and make sure they execute. Because if you, if you mess up on a trick play, a lot of bad things can happen. Like if Keandre's throwing a pass, that could be more likely to be intercepted. There could be a higher likelihood of a fumble. So I, I think they need to be extra careful. If things in the offense are flowing good, I don't think that's the time to necessarily throw in the, the trick play. I think the best time to throw in the trick play is when Michigan's not expecting it. So just having that understanding that flow for the game and, and the, the situation, I, I think they need to be careful with that. But Maryland, they did that and trick plays either worked or, players were in a good position to make it work so i really liked what they did there i think they're going to need a few of those plays to make the upset against michigan state so yeah that is what i need them to do offensively like you said uh run the plays that work do what you're best at uh try to be unpredictable uh at the same time though like for example if you have that wing t maybe run a variant that michigan haven't hasn't seen on film yet um you're obviously probably gonna to have different signals because Michigan's been filming from the sideline at these games. So <laughs> you might yep. need new signals, uh, mix it up and Hey, maybe you catch them guessing wrong. So I think those are some things that the offense is going to need to do to have success against Michigan.
1: Good stuff. So, uh, you know, I think we may have already answered this question uh, to an extent But what do you think the X factor is in this game? Like, what is that one thing or, you know, maybe even like two things that are going to make or break this game for Penn State?
0: I could go just about any position group here, just because it is going to be like a big time team effort, just because Michigan doesn't really have a a glaring weakness to exploit. And it's not like we have not necessarily – one exact glaring weakness, but for me, it's drew. Uh, I need drew to make passes and make plays. I need drew to not be afraid to um, throw those 50, 50 balls. And what he did last week is he put the ball in a position where his guy could get it or no one was getting it. And that's exactly what we need him to do. I think this is going to be one of those field position games. So I think uh, Riley Thompson and, you know, special, the punt team, they're going to have a big impact on this game and they're going to have to, if they're going to be successful, I, I, I see this going back and forth. Both of these teams are extremely confident in their defenses and they don't want to, you know, put, uh, put their defense on the field the entire time. So I I'm looking for special teams to play a big factor in this matchup.
1: Well said. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm looking at the offensive line. Um, the offensive line got crushed against Ohio State at times. Uh, they really kind of folded mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. And, you know, with the fact that Drew just was really not having his best day, like just as like a, like staying in the pocket, like finding the open man, just kind of reading defenses and stuff like that. It just kind of created the perfect storm that spelled no good things for Penn State on that day. Uh, so. I I do expect Drew to still kind of like be in this zone of comfort and in this relaxed state considering that they are going back home where he's enjoyed most of his success uh so far this season i mean maryland was like a clear outlier as far as his performances on the road but at home he's been really solid and i like kind of where he's at as a quarterback and as a passer um i'm looking at the offensive line though you know just to like kind of keep up their end of the bargain like help keep him upright give him time give him that pocket to step into and find guys um you know wherever they are on the field and also you know Like the run game has uh, has been a slog at many times throughout this season. And if things aren't necessarily clicking um, with the passing game, like you got you got to still be getting those yards on the ground and you have two extremely talented running backs that, uh, you know, can help shoulder the load off of Drew to help move the chains. They just need like an inch of daylight to go out there and get it. I mean, Ktron was fitting through like the tiniest of windows uh, between two run blockers against Maryland. And he was making the absolute most of it. He was running for like seven, eight yards in some of those instances. So help them out, uh, give them the space to run and uh, just, you know, kind of help help keep the pressure completely off of Drew's shoulders. And I think that'll, you know, just kind of open things up tremendously. It'll do wonders for the team's confidence and like their swag kind of like throughout the game because they know like just how physical of a team this is. Michigan has that reputation. They don't need to like prove that they're a physical team. They've proven that over two amazing seasons, like where they've made the college football playoff. Like they already know like what they're about. Like this offensive line now needs to, you know, kind of put up or shut up in that regard, Um, you know, because we've been told how many times that this was supposed to be a strength of the team this season. This is the perfect game. This is the perfect opportunity to go out there and show it.
0: Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. The offensive line is, is definitely one of the areas I'm most concerned, especially against a really good elite Michigan front seven. So, looking for them to show up. I'm also looking for the wide receivers to create some separation and try to give Drew some easy throws. If you watch that Ohio State film, it's just Drew running for his life. That it was just blanket coverage by the Ohio State secondary. No one could create any separation whatsoever and you know, Drew's either going to throw a 50 50 ball or it's going to get incomplete, or he's going to try to be a hero and run for the first down. Like he he just was not put in good situations. We definitely need that line and the wide receivers to step up around him to make uh, the passing game really click offensively. So I think the passing game is going to be huge in this one, especially against the number one pass defense in the country. Like this is, this is a, a tough task, tough task heading into Saturday. Yeah. Tough task is, you know,
1: just about the best way to sum up this one. I mean, this is, this is as good as it gets. Um, You know, I, I said this during our last pod, but I think that Michigan is the best team in the big 10. I'll take them over, over Ohio state right now. I think they're way more the complete team than the Buckeyes. Um, So, you know, Penn state, Penn state is going to need solid execution and all the good vibes coming off the Maryland game to, you know, really uh, like, you know, give themselves the best shot in this one. Uh, so, you know, obviously, we've talked about uh, individual players on Michigan side. We've talked ad nauseum about um, JJ McCarthy. We've talked about the entire defense, just because because they're that awesome. Like, you know, it, it's hard to really single guys out um, when a unit is that strong. But are there any other guys on the on the Michigan? I almost said Maryland on the Michigan team um, that are on your radar as you know, kind of threats for the Penn State Nittany Lions.
0: I definitely think the tight ends are going to be a big threat. Uh the Colton Loveland and Garner, uh, those are two guys I think you definitely cannot sleep on. Uh, I think uh Kalen can hold his own against Roman Wilson. I, I think he'll be able to do a solid job there and win most of the matchups. I think the defense can really try to collapse the pocket and, and get after Quorum and JJ McCarthy. But when you do those things, what does that leave open? The the middle of the field. So if you're doing that, you're definitely putting, you know, the the intermediate passes to be exposed and be open. So the Michigan offense is going to be able to make some big plays from the tight ends. But the big the big thing is if the the pass rush can get there fast enough, then Michigan might have difficulty completing all of those passes. So that that's the key to the game, you know, getting some of those negative plays so those sacks, tackles for loss, or minimizing the run. That way you get uh, Michigan into third in and long situations. They're uh, number two in the country on third down efficiency. So the farther we push them back, the better. So that's what I'm looking for them to do. Don't want to see them in third and two, third and three, because then they can just run anything out of their playbook. And it's going to be a long day for the Nittany Lion defense. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I don't have any, you know, other, I guess I'll say obvious uh, names outside of what you mentioned. I mean, you could look all over this team. Um, I definitely think that uh, Colson and Barrett, their top two tacklers on the team, Uh, tremendous linebackers are going to be, you know, a a test for not only k and Nick, but also for the offensive line, as I'm sure they're going to be looking to uh, get after the quarterback at times. They're both um, incredibly dynamic and gifted uh, with their abilities. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to be, uh, you know, pointed out plenty of times by the offensive line uh, throughout the game, just to kind of say, Hey, here's, you know, so-and-so but uh yeah Stewart their defensive end uh sack leader for the game um not sure if he you know lines up on the left or right side but uh, hopefully Olu or um or Caden will be able to hold their own against him um you know I'm just like so I'm so you know focused on the offensive line's ability to keep Drew upright in this one because I think that's going to play a huge part in this in this game like I just think that like whether they're able to protect him or not is you know gonna is good for like probably 10 points either way
0: yeah i i think you hit the nail right on the head offensive line is going to be really important in this matchup however uh i think it's going to be a big time field position game i'm hoping alex falcons has a big game he might be called upon to hit some 50 yard field goals and it's gonna be a little windy on Saturday. the The wind is ten miles an hour, twenty mile an hour's gust. That can definitely have an impact when you're kicking the football. So, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough physical game. Uh, there's there's no no way around it. You just uh, have to. It's not like Ohio State where you can say, okay, we gotta stop the run here, or uh, you know drop guys in the coverage and hope to, you know, have six or seven guys in the box stopping the run. That's just not going to cut it against this Wolverine team. So they got to be more physical. They got to take care of the football. They got to win the field position game. So those are things well, I'm looking for out of the uh, the defense.
1: Well said. Anything else you got here or do you want to do some over-unders?
0: Yeah, let's go some over-unders. Actually, uh, we we match up pretty evenly in terms of statistics. So we're going to mix it up a little bit this week and outside okay. of the, the spread, but I want to hear which, which team you will get more. So right now the over under for our matchup this weekend, it has uh Michigan favored by four and a half points. So do you have Penn state covering the spread? I do. Uh, I think this is going to be a tight game, but I think Penn state does cover the spread. Excellent. Love to hear it. So, uh, I, I do not. I do not think we cover that spread. <laughs> it's uh Mich- Michigan is is a legit team. You just see guys everywhere. Uh Franklin's presser against Ohio State, he man- mentioned a handful of guys in this presser. He he pretty much mentioned the entire team on Monday. So I think Michigan is a lot better than Ohio State. I, I definitely agree with you on that point. So they're going, definitely going to have their hands full. All right, uh, moving on to uh, some some passing yards. So who do you think wins the battle and more passing yards? Uh, we have Michigan who averages 257 passing yards a game, and then we average 220. Who do you think wins that battle?
1: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Penn State. They're at home. They're hitting a the stride with the with the passing game in a way. Uh, Drew's feeling more comfortable. I'm expecting a bounce back from the cornerbacks on Penn State's side. Um, so maybe this is just like fan bias brain talking, but I I like Penn State in that regard. I, I can tell you right now, my answer is going to be um, a little different, (laughs) you know, maybe when it comes to the rushing yards, but I'll say Penn state for now.
0: Excellent. Uh, and, and for passing, I think that you're going to see Michigan get some more. I do think the secondary is going to bounce back. Like you said, however, I think it's going to be a long day for drew Aller and the wide receivers. I just think this, this Michigan defense is going to be Tough to move the ball on overall, so I'm going to give Michigan the edge in passing yards. Okay. All right. On the ground, uh, so this is a category where we're actually ahead of Michigan. Um, Penn State has been averaging 173 rush yards per game, and we have Michigan who has been averaging 167 yards per game. Who do you think is able to amass more rushing yards in the contest on Saturday? So, I, uh, you know, during
1: my previous answer, I was actually thinking about this and I've gone back and forth in the past 30 seconds, but I, you know, I kind of like Penn State in that regard. I don't think it's going to be like a humongously successful day for either rushing attack, if that makes sense. I just think both of these teams, both of these defenses are so sound against the run that it's going to be tough slogging for both sides. Uh, But once, you know, the dust has settled, I think that Penn State will have the upper hand there um you know as we all know as football fans like yards don't necessarily translate into wins all the time um i think that michigan you know by and large has been more efficient like with their scoring opportunities and like with their drives and stuff like that which is why they're in the position that they're in and why they're ranked where they're ranked uh but for for this uh particular uh stat i'll I'll take penn state as well
0: yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan on this one. I, I think that their defense is really good. I, I think our defense is going to minimize the, the rushing yards that Michigan does have. But I still think they're going to beat us out. So I have uh, Michigan winning that battle as well.
1: Yeah. All right. Full disclosure, I uh, I also have to go in this direction because of my uh, communion prediction, but I won't spoil that. So I just, I needed to like throw this in as like a little pre pretense for that.
0: Excellent. Love to hear it. All right. So this is another area in which we've been superior to Michigan this season. So the turnover battle uh, Penn state is first in the country in turnover differential at plus 16 uh, Michigan is fifth at plus nine. So who do you see winning the turnover battle this weekend?
1: I kind of see Michigan winning it, uh, in this matchup, you know, Penn state has been very good at protecting the football, um, for a lot of different reasons, drew being a big one, uh, a big reason why, um, I don't really see Penn state getting the turnover in this one, uh, to be completely honest with you. I think that they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to try to be balanced on offense. And I think they're also like very smart with their opportunities on offense, Um, you know, just with like how they're spreading the football out, getting it to their playmakers in space and uh, trying to establish the run and stuff like that. I don't think there's going to be that many obvious opportunities uh, to snag a turnover. Like you've seen in other, in other games, like, you know, we always talk about like that second play of like, you know, the next guy coming in and punching out the football or like, hope you know, getting the pass rush going where uh, somebody, somebody comes in off the blind side and like strip sacks, the quarterback and stuff like that. I don't think there's going to be that many opportunities in this one for Penn state. Um, But I can see Michigan, uh, you know, getting the ball uh, for their offense in this one. Like they've, they've been able to do it at a high enough clip and uh, they also um, are very adept at scoring, you know, themselves as a unit, once they do get their hands on the football. Um, So I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but you know, that we could see um, a situation where um, Michigan's defense scores a touchdown in this one. So I'll take Michigan, unfortunately.
0: I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, Penn state has been good at taking care of the football all year they went on the road in the shoe at Ohio State. Turnovers were not an issue there. I don't foresee them having turnover problems at home. Michigan has not faced a defense to the caliber of an Ohio State or a Penn State or a Notre Dame even. So I think, I think uh, we're going to be able to force over a couple turnovers, and I think we're going to keep this game interesting. All right, moving on to the uh the sack battle. Who do you think is going to establish more sacks with their pass rush? I think it's going to be Michigan. Here, um I think that, you know, when
1: you look at both offensive lines in a vacuum, I think Michigan has the advantage here. Uh so while I love our pass rush, I think we have we have some absolute studs there. Um I think that an uh I think that Michigan holds the edge and also JJ McCarthy, like while drew is like, he's slippery at times. Like he's pretty good at like evading, like some of those sacks. He's not, he's not as fast or as shifty as JJ McCarthy. So I think, uh, I think Michigan will win that battle. Um, not by like huge margin. Um, I don't really see either one of these teams getting like
0: a humongous number of sacks. I just think that Michigan is going to have more. I'm going to disagree with you here again. Uh, Drew hasn't been sacked very often this year and the offensive line has done a pretty good job in pass protection or drew has done a nice job of getting rid of the football when he needs to. So I I think that's going to continue and I don't think they're going to win by a significant margin. I I think they might have like one more sack, but uh, I'm going to go with Penn state in this one. Very nice. I like it when you disagree with me in Penn state's favor. (laughs) It it doesn't happen very often. We'll just, uh, (laughs) right put it that way sure all right so got a little fact or fiction for you so uh fact or fiction penn state is going to change their signals for this game fact i I mean how how could you not at this point it would be (laughs)
1: malpractice to not change the signals at this point like you i mean regardless of whether or regardless of what you think about the allegations, the people that are involved, the validity, and stuff like that. Like, you can't take any chances, especially not in a game that's this important. So, like, I mean, they they they'd be dumb not to not to change them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Fact, uh, th- they need to be careful that uh, these signals don't get stolen, uh, and uh, that's what they're going to have to do to win the game, just like the Eagles did in the Super Bowl with uh, you know. Belichick and the Patriots doing things that they, they do Penn state's going to have to be creative and they're going to need to have a really good week of practice. Uh, I'm hoping that this Franklin presser gives the team a little extra time to prepare and have a really good week of practice. So hoping they're ready. Uh, But I'm rolling with fact. All right. uh, Fact or fiction. Drew Aller. uh, Can have more scrimmage yards than JJ McCarthy fact as long as uh things are working
1: well you know like i think so much of this comes down to like his his confidence and his poise um in certain situations because michigan is gonna try to get after him like there's no there's no denying that there's no getting away from that fact i think that michigan is gonna look uh to ohio state and say okay like if we're able to like kind of apply consistent pressure to this kid like you know, he's at home now and he's like, you know, he had a good game last weekend, but he in the past has struggled, you know, with like reading the blitz and finding the open man and stuff like that. So they're going to be throwing those types of looks at him and it's going to be up to Drew to recognize that and anticipate it and find the open man right away, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And so as long as he's doing that and the offensive line is keeping him upright um and, you know, I, the all the, all the playmakers are like getting enough separation and stuff like that. I, you know, I absolutely think it's possible. So I'll say fact.
0: I'm going to say fiction. I, I see JJ McCarthy getting more scrimmage yards in this one, especially since he is such a threat as a mobile quarterback. But if uh, Michigan is able to run the ball, a lot, I, I do think that, Hey, if they're able to feed the running backs, they will. And that'll mean less yards for JJ. But uh, I, I do think with, how the game is going to play out. Uh, Penn state's really going to sell out to stop the run. And I think you're going to see JJ McCarthy making some big plays in this one that are just going to like rip the hearts out of uh Nittany Lion fans, especially on third down. You got one of the best third down teams in the country. So I think it'll be a, be a tough one. All right. Uh, factor fiction. Penn state has the edge on special teams. You know, I'll be honest, I I don't know. <laughs> I
1: haven't watched <laughs> enough Michigan football um, to know this, but what I do know is Penn State has a really reliable kicker. They have a punter who is finding his stride and performing very well. They have found a a really reliable option at punt returner who is very dangerous with the ball in his hands. And we have a kick returner who can break it open for a 50, 60, 70, or even a hundred yard return um, off a kickoff at any given time. Um, So, you know, I guess I'll say fact for this, that Penn state has the edge, but that's only because I, I feel so strongly about the unit because there's really not like a ton of weakness with the special teams unit as a whole for Penn state outside of, you know, maybe like a dumb penalty here and there. a la Liam Clifford against Maryland, but, you know by and large they've been they've been pretty spot free ever since uh week 2 of the season
0: yeah so you have a michigan here they are number 1 in the big 10 and number 4 in kickoff return so, okay, they're, so they're I'm off they're, to a
1: bad start <laughs> they're
0: they're a dangerous team uh in terms of punt return uh they're second in the big 10 ninth in the country so this is a a, t- a squad that is really good in terms of special teams. However, I'm, I'm going to say fact. I think I see Penn state having the edge in this one. I think that, you know, Riley Thompson has done solid. You might even see him try to create a turnover off of a Michigan player trying to punt the ball into one of their jammers. So I think that's a, a possibility and you might try You might see a turnover that way. Uh, We have Gabe Nowosu, who has been kicking the ball out of the end zone most of the time. And if you're doing that, the, their kickoff return can't hurt you if you kick it out of the back of the end zone. So I think having Gabe Nowosu is extremely valuable. I think having Daquan Hardy doing what he's doing as a punt returner, I think that's awesome. So he's been performing at a high level. And then the big one for me is Alex Falcons. Uh, first game of the season, very shaky with uh, Sonder kicking. Alex has been coming in and he's just been money. So I, I really like uh, Penn State's chances in, in the special teams battle. Cool. All right. Factor fiction. Penn State will give up zero points in the third quarter. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go fiction. Michigan's
1: good. They're really, really good. So to uh, pitch a shutout in the third quarter against a team like this, especially, you know, after halftime, if they're uh, maybe not hitting their stride completely on offense in the first half or if they're finding like some struggles in certain areas to think that they're not going to adjust a little bit and score at least a point is uh, really hard for me to believe. So
0: I'll say fiction here. I'm optimistic. The third quarter is ours. Give me a fact. Okay. Danny <laughs> Diaz always makes adjustments out of halftime and always does a great job. So g- give me a fact on that one. Sweet. All right. Uh, last one. It's uh 1120 and in Michigan still sucks. Fact or fiction. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> if you say fiction, you're not, you're not a real fan. Yeah, I'm going to agree agree with you fact on that one as well. So uh, communion prediction, what do you have for us, Andrew? Yeah, so I kind of uh, spoiled it a little bit uh, earlier
1: with our rushing yards question. Um, my community prediction is a little unique this week, uh, a little off the beaten path. My prediction is that Blake Corum will only have the third highest rushing yard
0: total of either team. In the game, I like that. So Ktron and Nick both amassing more rushing yards than Cora could
1: be, or you know, or true. like we, yeah, true. No, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing possibly like Ktron, JJ, then Blake. That either oh. that or Ktron, Nick, then Blake, because I think that Penn State is gonna do a pretty dang good job of stopping Blake quorum like stopping the traditional look of the run but I mean we we just know like just how dangerous JJ McCarthy can be with his legs so he could he could pick up 50 yards rushing and you know none of us even like really kind of raise a red flag or something like that because like that's just what we've come to expect from him in a way um So, I mean, I think that they got to be they got to be smart on like those third and longs because uh, he'll he'll kill you with that sort of stuff. So um, I can see either scenario, but that that's how my communion prediction uh, plays out here, at least in my head.
0: I'm liking it. (laughs) All right. So my communion prediction is I think that you're going to see deny Dennis Sutton force a fumble as uh, JJ's. Hopping in a pass coverage. So I think you're going to have a, a forced fumble and then recovered by Adisa Isaac. Sweet. And maybe, maybe it's chop Robinson. I'm a little, I don't know if he's playing it or not. If, if it was him, I, I think I'd roll with him forcing a fumble or recovering a fumble. So, That's what I'm seeing. I I think that the pass rush is going to get there. And I think we'd be a little foolish after last week to not uh, predict them doing something big.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assumption. The ends have been absolutely electric for Penn State. So, you know, while the difficulty of opponent has increased tenfold, um, this unit is still really, really good in their own regard.
0: Yep, I agree. All right, so final score, Penn State, Michigan. What do you got? Yeah, so uh,
1: this is the big one. This is the golden opportunity again for Penn State to get a signature win for its season, uh, possibly change the trajectory of their season uh, from being a New Year's Six Bowl team to being a, you know, a real contender to get into the Big Ten championship game and even into the college football playoff. Like the the assignment is simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. You got to beat the team that's in front of you. And so, you know, for all those different reasons, you know, that I hope that the team is not going to require any extra juice uh from a motivation standpoint to get up for this one. Um I think that these are two really good defenses. I mean, obviously all the stats tell you that these are two of the better defenses in all of college football. Uh, I'm predicting a relatively low scoring game, uh, you know, compared to some of the scoring outputs that both of these teams have uh, enjoyed uh, at certain points throughout the season. I'm thinking that Penn State at home, they're rolling with certain parts of their game. I predicted at the beginning of the season that Penn State would lose at Ohio State, but would win against Michigan to go to 11 and one on the season. I'm sticking with that prediction. I'm saying Penn state wins 24 to 20.
0: I'm liking it. Big win at home. Uh, factor fiction fans storm the field. If they win, I mean, fact,
1: (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, and if, if the security like tries to stop them, then they should be like, you know, they, they should, they should, uh, be brought up on like charges, (laughs) like treason
0: or something. Yeah. Uh, It's called happy Valley for a reason. Uh, I, at the beginning of the season picked us to lose against Michigan as our one loss. I I had us at 11 and one as well. Uh, However, I I think I'm going to still stay with that. I think this, this game is going to be a a defensive bloodbath. I think you're going to see swings go both ways and you're going to really see these both defenses really shine. And uh, my final score, I have Michigan 21, Penn State 13. Gotcha. Okay. And for the record, I think that's totally fair. Yep. It's. I I just think this team's too good. I I think they're going to steamroll Ohio State at home. I think they're going to do enough to win. Now, I I do think Penn State has a chance. You you have Michigan. They haven't played anybody yet. Uh, Their best team they've beat has probably been, what, Rutgers? Probably. So they haven't haven't played the big dogs yet. So we're the first big dog that they're playing and you know they haven't been in that hectic environment and they haven't had a win in a hectic way. Uh you even see it in the NFL. Uh you, you see uh Dallas beat the Jets like forty to nothing, and then they they struggle against the Cardinals and the Forty ers They they crush Dallas forty to nothing and then they struggle against another team. So sometimes when you're not in those close games, you you don't know how to win the close games and that pressure can, you know, it can create diamonds or it can burst pipes. So we don't know how Michigan is going to react to that. So I I think it is really important that we get off to a fast start and try to take them out of the rhythm and out of the groove. And if they do that, I do think they, they have a chance to pull off the upset. Now, Do I think it's going to happen analytically? no, but am I like Penn State fan heart? I I can definitely see it happening.
1: Yeah, I love it. Create diamonds or burst pipes. That's a that's a a neat metaphor there. I like it.
0: Yeah. So we don't we don't know what how Michigan's gonna react. So it'll be uh really interesting uh to see this weekend how that how that uh folds out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean,
1: interesting is the one thing that I think we can all agree that this game is going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And outside of our game, what are some other uh, college football matchups you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, so uh,
1: looking around at the slate, um, I think, you know, number one on the on the list would definitely be Georgia Ole Miss. Um, pretty sure they're the game that took uh, game day away from uh, Penn State, Michigan. Because, uh, you know, it's two and nine versus three and ten. So Mm -hmm. if uh, maybe if we were ranked like in that seven or six spot, maybe we would have gotten it. But whatever. So I think that'll be interesting because Georgia is still, you know, they're they're in like a weirdly similar spot uh, to Michigan where it's like they're still like trying to prove themselves. Like they don't have like a super signature win yet. I mean, they've been great. Like they're, they're so good, but you know, this is going to be, I believe their first like top 10 opponent uh, of this season. Um, So I, I think it'll be interesting to see Georgia is uh, still without Brock Bowers. So um, I, you know, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, Jackson dart and the Ole Miss uh, team is going to be looking for their signature win after coming up short against Alabama and stuff like that. So big opportunity for both teams um other than that we've got uh iowa and rutgers strangely enough i think is actually going to be kind of interesting just from pure standpoint of you know iowa is such a stalwart when it comes to defense rutgers has not been you know the the dumpster fire that they've been in in certain years so uh like what what's that going to look like uh i'd i'd love to know what the over under
0: is on points with that game that's good it's that's going to be a defensive bloodbath uh, over yeah. under that 29 right now. I love it. I'm smashing the under
1: man. <laughs> like, yeah, neither team is going to score score points. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Tennessee oh, if And if okay. you're a,
0: if you're a Penn state fan, you really need to be cheering for Iowa in this one because yep. that does have tiebreaker implications. So yep. uh, it's going to feel weird, but uh, root for Iowa.
1: <laughs> I think we can manage it against Rutgers. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. So we also got uh Tennessee Mizzou. Uh Mizzou is is a real team. You know, as we've talked about before, Tennessee has kind of been up and down, but they still got a lot of playmakers there. That's a 13 versus 14 matchup. So uh a lot of uh intrigue there. Utah and Washington, I think, will actually be an, a closer game than um you know what maybe a lot of other people think. Uh the point spread right now is set at Washington at minus nine and a half. Um Utah is very stout defensively. Washington obviously has like one of the best offenses in college football when all of the uh, cylinders are firing for them. But defensively, they kind of left a little bit to be desired um, against USC. So I think that'll be an interesting game. Um, I think this kind of plays very uh, nicely into a coach like Kyle Whittingham's hands in that, you know, he has a really talented team coming in. He gives them a chance to kind of. Uh, like get creative defensively, just kind of uh, squeeze them at certain points on the offense to make them one dimensional and then just continue to a- attack those pressure points over and over again. I mean, that's how they beat teams like USC um, over the past like couple of seasons. They've just found those like uh, levers to pull. So I think that'll be an interesting game um, for, you know, any fans. Uh, we've got Florida State in Miami. Um, as we have both said, we're we're not completely sold on Florida State. Um, at this point in the season, uh, I think both of us would agree that, you know, you can make the case for Washington or Oregon at that number four spot over Florida state at this point. So Florida state is going up against Miami. Miami is unranked. So if they s- smack Miami, I think they're, you know, they're, they're really solidifying their legitimacy at that number four spot, whether or not that happens, uh, remains to be seen. Um, we've also got, uh, USC in Oregon. So USC. uh knocked out of the rankings after losing uh, that boat race against Washington. Oregon is still holding strong at that number six, but uh, they're still looking like a, a you know, very good, complete and, ra- and well-rounded team in college football. Um, you know, so I think that'll be interesting to see, you know, what, one like little subplot to all this that I think is honestly going to be kind of interesting to monitor is like Caleb Williams kind of motivation level. You know, for lack of a better way to describe it, because like with that game that he just lost, even though like pretty much none of the losses are on him, he he's not winning the Heisman. He's not going to the college football playoff. He's not going to the Pac-12 championship like he he's he's playing. He's playing for like the Outback Bowl at this point. Um, And, you know, whether or not that's like enough for him kind of remains to be seen. There's been conversations or takes being thrown out there that he should sit out the rest of the season, um, you know, to protect his, his health and his body uh, for the NFL. So what's his mindset going to look like? Because, you know, quite frankly, if I was him, um, not that I would like throw in the towel, but I would kind of have the mindset of like, you know, I've, I've done everything for this team. I have like, I have Hmm. scored like at an insane clip time and time again, and I had been let down by my defense every single time. So like, like, what am I doing here? Um, you know, I wouldn't blame him for having like a little bit of that mindset going into this. So I think it'll be an interesting game, uh, just because of the teams, the players that are involved. I mean, Bonix is obviously also another awesome quarterback. Uh, so I don't want to like monopolize this segment, the segment here, Vince. Uh, what other games are, are on your radar here?
0: Yeah, you pretty much hit the the nail on the head for all of them. For me, I think probably the most exciting matchup that I'm looking forward to is that Washington offense versus the Utah defense. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to see which one prevails because you see Washington struggle defensively. You've also seen Utah struggle offensively. So a little curious who's going to win that battle. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. You have Florida at LSU. Uh, I think that could be an interesting game if you're tuning in. So those those are the big ones. You got Oklahoma at home versus West Virginia. We'll see if they can bounce back after their loss in Bedlam. Uh, that'll be interesting. You also got Arizona finally in the rankings. Like we we predicted yeah. uh, on our last pod, they're ranked at 21 in the country. They're going to be at Boulder playing Colorado. So I think they're going to get a win there. And I, I think you're going to see the cast really Climb up in the rankings, so I think that'll be a good game. And Alabama at Kentucky, Alabama is starting to look like the real deal, and I, I think they'll pick up another road win. So I think those are the the, the biggest matchups of a, of the ranked opponents when you're heading over to the Big Ten uh, games. We did not cover yet. We have Indiana at Illinois. So if you're a Penn State fan, root for those Fighting Illini. We need all the help we can get get in that tiebreaker. We also have Maryland at Nebraska. If you're looking at tiebreaker scenarios, you do want Nebraska to lose because we have not played them. So root for Maryland in that one. If you're a Penn state fan, Minnesota, Purdue, uh, we haven't played either of those, but I think it would be beneficial if Purdue were to beat Minnesota, uh, Northwestern, Wisconsin, you want Northwestern to win that one. Cause we played them head to head. And then you got Michigan State at Ohio State. Of course they get a <laughs> night game. Yeah. Yeah, like I I can't understand why why that would not be the, the noon kickoff. It's a great like, question. And also <laughs> like why have none of our Big 10 games been at night with the exception of Iowa? Why do we only get one?
1: For the same well, I, reason I guess why we're good. starting on the road for all of our, you know, Big 10 games it's just weird things that don't work in our favor
0: yeah like michigan state has had at least two night games in in big 10 play so you've had and they're gonna have at least three because they have us on black friday but i don't really count that because it's not a saturday game they right. moved it out to the prime time slot because of the holiday so why is michigan state getting to play at night in front of all these people nationally televised and and, and we aren't it just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, it's weird. I mean, yeah, I heard- it, it
1: really is, especially considering that they are, you know, not necessarily from the standpoint of like their production this season, but just the circumstances surrounding their program. Like they're the biggest dumpster fire of the Big Ten, you know, leading up to, of course, like the sign stealing stuff with Michigan. But all the stuff that was happening um, before the season even started with Michigan state. And the fact that they got all these games is just, it, you know, just makes it even more perplexing.
0: Yeah. And it's like, not even like a game that Michigan state's going to be close. Like they had Michigan at, at night and they got Ohio state at a night game. Like it's like, well, we, NBC, what are you guys doing? Like, it's, it's like, come on. Yeah. But anyway, first world problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We digress. We, we uh, We'll we'll uh make the best of our noon kickoff and and be as loud as possible and be happy because we only got two of these home games left. We get, we got uh Michigan and then closing out next week with another noon game. Surprise, surprise, uh against Rutgers. So yeah, we'll uh leave it at that. It's it's been a it's gonna be a good week for football. Uh, but also Penn State has been crushing it in terms of other athletics. Uh, The men's basketball team started last night. They had a nice 79 to 45 point victory over Delaware state. Uh, Now Delaware state last year, they were six and 24. So definitely not the best quality opponent. Uh, Some things I really liked from the team is that the defense was just absolutely stifling. I think Delaware state, if I recall correctly, had six points in the first 13 minutes. So this is like high level, like, I don't know, like Penn State football quality defense in in terms of points given up. Really impressive uh, performance. I also liked that the two guys who stayed, who are rising sophomores and Jameel Brown and Kanye Clary, both had stellar games. You had uh, Jameel Brown, who was six of eight from three, I loved his shot last year he he didn't shoot at a high percentage, but I really liked his stroke and he was cashing in he was six for eight uh and and when Penn State had that game against Robert Morris and they only shot twenty two percent from the field uh that was you know that was that was tough to see and definitely raised some questions but uh Penn state shot thirty eight percent which that's pretty good uh anytime you're above 34 percent it, it means that when you're shooting threes it's worth it. So nice to see them climb up. Also, Kanye Clary getting 22 points, seven rebounds. Uh, it's really nice to see him, you know, have a hot start into this this young season. You got Ace Baldwin Jr., who didn't have the best offensive performance, but got four steals on defense. You have uh, Nick Kern, who's looked like a solid role player. He's going to play good defense. And a big surprise was uh, Qudus Wahab, uh, transfer from Georgetown. He's looked pretty good at the center position. He was their leading scorer against Robert Morris, got 15 points, definitely made some big man plays. Now you're going against lower levels of competition. So we'll see if he can keep it up against the top centers in the big 10, but uh, you know, big game, but Fidelity fighter, that's going to go to Jamil Brown for me for those uh, six for eight from three. That's just what this team needed, especially when you lose three guys to the NBA and Jalen Pickett, Seth Lundy, Andrew Funk. So He earns that reward. That was a big-time matchup. The women also just uh, finished off their season opener against Bucknell, where they put up 94 points. So the Lady Lions look to be off to a hot start. You got men's soccer. They're going to be playing Ohio State at home at 6 p.m. in the Big Ten semifinal. So if you're around town, get to that. Volleyball has a matchup Friday night. Penn State men's basketball is going to have a night game at 7.30 against Lehigh since uh, we didn't get that night game against Michigan. Hey, at least we got it in basketball. (laughs) Yeah. 7.30 against Lehigh. And then also on Saturday, you're going to see um, another volleyball match at night. So if you're a big volleyball fan, definitely uh, hit up those matches uh, because they're going to be good ones uh, despite dropping uh, a close one to Nebraska and Purdue over the weekend. And I believe I believe, uh, I believe the, the Friday matchup is actually against Michigan as well. So hopefully we can get two wins against the Wolverines this weekend. That's right. And uh, one team I did forget that I do want to shout out and I can't believe I forgot it. Uh, Men's and women's cross country. They got the Mid-Atlantic regionals uh, this weekend, Friday in Lehigh. Uh, I, I used to race there all the time. So very familiar with the course. The women's team actually got fourth at the Big Ten Championship uh, despite not having their best runner and potential overall winner. So ladies had a really good performance. I'm looking forward to see how they do in in Lehigh this weekend. And the men, uh, they finished uh, sixth, which is the highest finish since uh, 2019, I believe. So uh, men's cross country had a nice season. You're going to have men's ice hockey on the road as well at East Lansing. They have a series against Michigan state this weekend. So they'll be on the road. And then, uh, on Saturday, they'll be playing. The women's volleyball team will be playing at eight o'clock versus uh women's volleyball on Sunday. The day after, uh, is the men's soccer big 10 championship. So if, uh, The men's team wins on Wednesday. They'll be playing on Sunday, so that'll be exciting. And then we got one of our other favorite sports in Penn State Athletics. We got wrestling. We got the Journeyman Collegiate Classic. That's also down in Lehigh, so cross-country and wrestling will both be down there in Bethlehem over the weekend. Uh, They're going to be sending about 20 wrestlers there, and that's a a big invitational where you're going to see a lot of the best wrestlers from around the country perform, so I think that's going to be a a really exciting matchup for, you know, wrestling fans looking forward to the start of the season. And then uh Monday, big basketball matchup of women's basketball. Uh we'll see if that 94 points is for real because the women's team has the Kansas Jayhawks coming to town, so oh, wow. that'll be yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun Monday Monday night Monday night matchup in the the BJC. Sweet. All right. Uh, anything you got for us before we head out? No, man. Uh, this has been a good discussion. I'm
1: pumped for this weekend's game. Um, I think all of Nittany Nation going to be holding their collective breath uh, for four hours during that one, um, you know, kind of hoping for not a repeat against Ohio State in a lot of ways. Uh, I think there's uh, there's some cautious optimism you know, with the team and also with the fan base. And so just, uh, just ready to, you know, see them out there, um, and competing against the best.
0: Yeah. Same here. So thank you guys for listening today. It's been a pleasure as always. If you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to check out our merch, merch shop and buy some cool shirts, we got the classic black and pinks. We got the wing tee, we got lawn boys, we got booty ball for basketball season and in honor of Jalen Pickett. So a lot of cool t-shirt, hat, mug, hoodie designs. Make sure you check out uh, com to uh, purchase that merchandise. That really does help us out here at the pod. Thank you guys for listening as always. And we want to remind you that we are the Knitney Blues podcast. We'll see you next time.